As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute and I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Les and Powers. This is Scott Powers of The Athletic with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic and we are in the Studio B, Lazarus Mobile. Yes, we are in my wife's car because gas prices are too high and she has the hybrid and she works from home. That was a great purchase, by the way. Buy a hybrid literally three months before the world stops and your wife becomes a permanent work-from-home employee. It's a really good purchase. So, yeah, so for the for the meantime, I'm driving into the city into the O'Hare using her. It's probably worth a lot right now because everyone, everyone's... It is. I'm like, just the difference. Like, this thing gets like 48 to 50 miles per gallon as opposed to my uh, my SUV, which gets like 25. So yeah. Well, I, I think just the whole car market right now. Like, everyone's just... Like, there's not a whole lot of supplies. So That's true, too, yeah. You're make some so I try to sell flip it. Yeah, market, flip it, yeah. Find the dark web and sell my, uh, my Kia. Um, we're recording this on... Thursday afternoon, and we feel like happy St. Patrick's Day, Scott. Thank you to you, to you and to all everyone out there. <laughs> Mark won't kill you for wearing a Blackhawks green jersey. Today. I will, I will. I will still smack you around if I. I was where was I the other day? I was at. Oh, I went to see Hades. I took my daughter to Hades for her birthday because she's really into Greek gods. Yeah, and you know you're supposed to. I, I know we're a casual society. You're supposed to get a little bit dressed up to go to the shows, There's right? Green, there was someone in a green Patrick Kane jersey sitting like four seats away from me in the theater. It's formal wear now too. <laughs> <laughs> this is just killing me, man. Although it's funny that you know, we, we we went there and then we went out to dinner. But you know, I, I, that's the first time I've ever seen the Green River, like actually like full blown green, because they just died it the other day. It is really freaking green when they do that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like that for months now. It's yeah, that's the problem. Is it looks great for those first couple of days, then it gets like that murky green where it just looks like there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. like the Dave Matthews Band just drove over a bridge or something and dropped <laughs> off some supplies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So at any point, I'm sure a trade will happen in this whole 
podcast. Yeah, we're we going to be checking Twitter the whole time, checking our texts the whole time. It'll be, it'll be meaningless what we talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, that's the discussion. Alex Velasic was up here today and he just spoke for the first time and the Blackhawks signed him and uh, not really surprised. The junior, you know, like he probably got to came out last year. Um, it sounds, uh, yeah, I don't know. Blackhawks like where his development's gone. He's obviously a, a big body and he was sort of a shift when they started drafting, uh, stopped drafting smaller defensemen and we started going bigger again. And, and then since then they've drafted a lot of larger defensemen. Yeah. We were, we were talking about this with Colby Cohen while we were waiting uh, to talk about, you know, obviously Colby's a college hockey guy and he's big. Uh, it's, it's, it's so hard to know what to expect from a guy coming out of college. Cause sometimes they come in and you know, not everybody's going to be Kale McCarr, but sometimes someone comes in and they're just great right away. And sometimes they come in and they play three games like Michael Pagliotta and you never hear from them again. And it's hard to know because you got, you got Hobie Baker award winners like Drew LeBlanc who have no business being in the NHL, but they were the best player in college. It's so hard to extrapolate what a college player is going to do in the NHL. Like Vlasic could come in and play on Saturday. I mean, I know Derek King was unsure if he was going to play him that quickly, but he could come in and play and be really good right away. And I don't think I would be shocked. He could come in and just be, you know, terrible. And I don't think I would be shocked. He's probably going to be just fine. I think but there's you a just couple don't know. I think there's a couple of Like one, he, some of it's just like guys like Drew LeBlanc are older. I think Vlasic, he played in the national program. He is a high draft pick. Like he was going to play for the world junior team if he, um, I think it, he'd gotten sick. And so I know there's a lot of things that point to him being a positive player. Like it's, um, he's a shutdown defenseman also. So like when you look at different, like, uh, Byron Bader and some of these guys, uh, where they project prospects, it's, uh, the shutdown defensemen are difficult. Like he's like, even Velasic said that he's never going to be a guy that produces points. So like the value of those guys, it's a little bit harder because it's harder to earn ice time. It's harder to kind of prove your worth. Like it's harder to evaluate those guys. Um, it, it's his size, and if he can, you know, like he's he's obviously got a long reach, and uh, you know he's tried to be more physical, but it's yeah, it, it, those are all like the factors. I, I think there's enough to say that he has a chance. Like he played at a really good program. He's young enough where, um, you know, like he's not 23, 24. Right, right. Like it, it's you know, like there is it's not now or never like for sure. Like yeah, Mitchell. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, not even. I mean, Mitchell's not even. Well, I, not even. But but, I mean, but like the, the, I guess the, the older guys, like the Drew LeBlas. When or, you come out at twenty four and you like, oh my god, this guy's got a long way to go. Yeah, it's a lot different than when a twenty twenty one year old comes in. and You go, okay, this guy's got a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think Vlasic's interesting. I, I think uh, you know when you look at who they're gonna, you know, if they trade to Han and, and who they bring back next season, I, I think they're gonna be a couple of young guys that, that you know, like obviously McCabe and Murphy and Jones, and we'll see what happens with Caleb Jones. Like it's another, you know. They have a lot of young guys in the mix, a lot of young guys in, in Rockford. Um, you know, you know, as of late, obviously, we, we've seen more of Galvis and, um, or even Regula. So, like, there's a lot of guys in the mix, and I think, I mean, that's this is the way you do. You, you stockpile defensemen, and then you see who rises to the top, and you take your time, right? Like, you don't you don't want to rush it. Like, we're a guy like Bodin, I mean, I, I think even King said the other day, it just they've, they've gotten, some of those guys have just been left over at this point, yeah, you know? Yeah, they're not, it's, it's not... They're just not playing very well yeah. to get the call. I mean, you know, we asked King that, you know, why why are these guys getting the chance and not Mitchell and Bodin? He basically said, you know, Mitchie's playing okay, but yeah. you know, frankly, these guys are playing better. Yeah. And that, that's why you draft. I mean, this is this is the you know, for four or five years there, they were drafting nothing but defensemen for so long in those first couple of rounds. This is now this is how long it takes. So if they start right now drafting forwards to make up for their lack of forwards, it could take two, three, four years before we start actually seeing these guys. And the problem is that I guess the the Bodans and the Mitchells and even Bulk was just they were anointed where they were, you know, like you never really got to see whether they deserved it or not. And right. that's I, I think we're gonna see that a little bit more patient with uh with Davidson and this group. And um 
I, I, you know, the, the column that I wrote today was about the rebuild, and 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 we'll see what that's going to happen here. But it, from everything I've heard, that the Blackhawks want to be aggressive, and they want to trade Strom, and they want to trade um, anything they can in you know before Monday, and um, really go off on this rebuild and try to you know get assets and draft picks, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, like we'll see what the market's like, and and Davidson can only do so much. But I, from everything I heard, that you know, regardless of how the teams look as of late, that that's still like the complete plan. Well, and, and, and obviously a rebuild is the plan. Where I have concerns here and where I disagree with a little bit of what you were saying, where you're talking about, you know, you should try to move Patrick. You basically said you should try to move Patrick Kane if you can. Um, I didn't say that. You kind of said like you, you got to entertain the idea at least, right? Well, I, I think, I think, I, I think one, in, I think Kane and Taves need to come to the realization, like what, what, no, I think that's the key. And then I think, if they want to be moved that a year from now, like <clears throat> I, unless it's this off season, but I, I think it may like, they may come back and, and, and ultimately like if doc and Reichel and these guys all take steps, like you have a lot of the same team coming back next year. Like if McCabe's a player, you think, and doc takes that next step and Reichel becomes a player, like they can mess up probably Dave, what Davidson's assumption is what this team is going to be. Um, like they can, you know, kind of, yeah, take it off the tracks a little bit, but, but I think I, I, I think realistically, the Blackhawks are bad for a couple of years. So I think it's up to Kane and Taves if they want to be a part of that. Um, and then it's you know a year from now, I think Kane and Taves could realistically be on the trade deadline. And I, I think I think if and my, more of my bigger point about Strom in my column today was that it, it's not so much about Strom's ability. It's it's that it's where where is he at? Where's his contract? Because I think if, if McCabe or Murphy or, or anyone else's contract was coming up, I think the Blackhawks would, would try to trade everyone they could at this point. Like it's, I well, think that, that's the, the problem for the Blackhawks for me. Dylan Strom isn't the issue. And Patrick, can't, I mean, look, there's one area I agree with Stan Bowman on is that you need stars. You never see a Stanley cup winning team that doesn't have all world players. And Patrick Kane is still an all world yeah, player sure. and he will still be an all world player three or four years from now. The way he plays never gets hit. His game is not, he's not really built on speed or anything. It's just pure skill and vision. He is going to be elite for years to come. He can still be a big part of that next contending team. I truly believe that. And trading, you know, I don't, I don't, my concern here is if you move Strom, how you're, you're driving Kane out the way. You're basically saying, look, we don't care. These are the guys that you want to play with. We don't care. We're getting rid of them. And they've gotten rid of daring. You're da- well, they, they've, they've gotten rid so of often. much better players. Well, than I understand Stroman. that, but how many times until he, now he's close to the end here, where he can feasibly yeah. be traded? You are pushing him out the door, and part of it's important to me if I'm the Blackhawks to keep Patrick Kane happy. Sells tickets. That shit matters, and it's he's the only one left that really does. Alex Debrink is a great player. He is not a marquee attraction yeah. the way Patrick Kane is. He is showtime, and that's important. Keeping him happy. And Strom, even if it's just for a couple of years, you send him to another bridge deal, and he gets you to that point where Reichel and Doc are ready to take over. That's fine. The problem the Blackhawks have is Jake McCabe, is Tyler Johnson, is maybe even Connor Murphy, who I've been a big supporter of for years, took a big step back this year. He's not had a very good year, and he's signed for four more years. These guys are locked. These are 28, 29, 30-year-old guys with lots of term left on their contract. They're the ones getting in the way of the rebuild. It's not Patrick Kane, and it's not Dylan Strom. And, and I don't even know if it's Dylan Strom's. It, it's 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 that he may block the path for, for Doc and, and Reichel, too. Like, that's – I think that's part of it, too. If Taves is here, Doc's here, Reichel's here, I, I don't think Doc on the wing is more of a long-term – like, I think this is what they're doing. They're trying to get Doc going. And Reichel was drafted as a wing. I know, but I, I think that if you're playing him at center in Rockford as much as you are – 
I and I think ultimately, I think Reichel's a better pro than Strom. I and I think he may may fit what Kane needs. Later but he's also nineteen years old. And how many times? How many times has Derek King talked this year about how some of these guys were rushed? Well, I, I, think, I think rushed. I think the ease. The, I think and that's what I think they're bringing smart right now. Like they Reichel are. could be in the NHL. But you're going to throw him into a top six center role, a top two center role next year immediately. I don't think he's necessarily ready for that. It's not much that's different. Rushing. It's not much different than what Strom was at that point too. I mean, and it didn't work. Look, I mean, he, look how long it took for Strom to get to where he was. He was 21, 22 by the time he had that big year with the Blackhawks. He was he was foundering in in, in Arizona in that role at that young. I, I look at someone like Zegris or someone. I, I don't. I think Reichel, what he's doing in Rockford. I mean, he's. I, I turned on the game this weekend, and just what he's doing is, is special. And it's going to take some some time. But if you're in a rebuild mode, bringing him up, and maybe he still goes down again next year. But I, I don't think you want to block the path because I think I think if. I think Reichel, with the way that he moves and sees the game, might be a better fit for Kane, and especially as he gets older too. Like you're just Strom. Strom's downfall is that he's a bit stationary, and and, and you like against the lead teams, it becomes very noticeable. Like they that line just got caved in whenever they went against Bergeron's line, and they can't play against elite teams. And I and I think Boston was a good example of that. How far the Blackhawks are still, and I, I and I, I think that's ultimately what you know. Like I think I think Strom is it's it's a very good offensive player, and that line can dominate against certain teams. Look but, how much better Patrick Kane is with Dylan Strom as a center than anyone else he's played with this year. Look at the play; he's got thirty three points in the last like eighteen games. That's all with Strom. Strom makes Patrick Kane. A lot better. of those came on the five on five too, or on the power play too. So like it's it's well, Dylan Strom's on that power play too, though. Yeah, so Kane's also played better too. I, I don't want to take anything away from Strom, but I don't. I don't know. If I'm this... just saying, like, like, you're just assuming that Doc and Reichel are going to come in and just be the top two centers. They're not good enough right now. Reichel might eventually. Well, and Doc and might eventually. And this is they're the, not yet. This isn't against Strom, but it, it's who the Blackhawks need to put their eggs. You know, like it, they, they need they need Doc and. Well, you're playing the long game here, right? I mean, we're talking about three or four years from now. Why not have Strom as your one C with Kane? Reichel's your number two. Uh, uh, you know, Taves and Doc are in that three C role, and, and maybe Doc is on the wing for a little while. I mean, Doc's not there yet. He's not there yet. He is not a good enough offensive player to be a top six center right now. He does not produce enough. Yeah. The problem is that I, I'm not sure Strom's good defensively enough to be a one C. Like well, the, that's the problem. If you could somehow merge Dylan Strom and Kirby Doc yeah. into like Strock, you'd have a really good one C. Well, here's the uh, the it's I guess it depends on what the goal is. If if it's to appease Kane, is it the sell tickets? I, well, it's I, all part of the goals. I mean, it's not just one. I mean, yeah, the, the goal is win a Stanley Cup at some point. The, what the Blackhawks honestly need to be is one of the worst teams in the NHL probably next season, and then get like a top three pick. Like that's like like they need to they need assets. They need to stockpile. That not having the first round pick this year, like if the, it'd be so much. The whole conversation would be so yeah. different if they had the first round pick this year. You have another top ten pick. Uh, you, you'd have you know like t- two top you know two picks in the in the top forty both get forwards and all of a sudden you get this thing rolling yeah. and so I, I think it, it's so far like I, I think there's a need for assets because they know they're so far behind and um, so yeah I, I I I get why all the reasons for Strom I just I yeah I, I well I, I kinda, you you've brought this up a few times where you talk about how the 2010 team was built yeah and that was a total rebuild where yeah. they were they started from nothing and, and, and they well. often they took a long time they, they took a long that's what they I'm messed saying. up a lot of picks like 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 the jomerson seabrook or not jomerson seabrook and Keith, these are like t- 2002 2003 there's no eight-year plan here that's not an acceptable pa- path right now and they got so lucky because they got two generational players basically in consecutive drafts the chances of getting another Kane and taves in back-to-back years is is virtually nil and you see the, the teams that are winning aren't teams that were terrible for extended periods of time. 
they are the teams that retool on the fly, that they, that hit on a couple of draft picks like an Alex Debrinkit, and then they build around it. And yes, the Blackhawks need to rebuild their, their prospect base, but getting a bunch of second and third round picks for good players isn't the way to do it. Like, you are not going, whatever you get for Dylan Strom, let's say you get a second round pick. That's what the, that's what the Blackhawks are hoping for is a second round pick. That second round pick has like a 99% chance of not being as good as Dylan Strom. Not being as productive an NHL player as Dylan Strom. I don't see how that makes you better. Second round picks don't make you better. First round picks, high end first round picks make you better. Second round picks, you have to get so unbelievably lucky yeah, on. I just, I just don't think Dylan Strom. Alex Vlasic was a second round pick. He's not going to be a centerpiece of this team. I think if you re-sign Dylan Strom, I don't, I don't think it makes you a better team any sooner. Like nothing I, I, makes this. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't like like if the option is. But I, I think he may block the path to someone, and I think that's where, yeah, it's it, it's more about where his contract is and where his age is and, and what he costs Salary you. cap's not going to be an issue for this team the next couple of years. You got to worry, I, I guess it, it depends on Cannon Taves. Like, it, it, well, everything does. I mean, yeah, that, everything like, that's does. the thing. Like, if, if you need to pay Cannon Taves, you need to pay DeBrink, and you're going to, you know, like, there's, there's contracts. Cannon Taves have, like, the entire franchise's future in their hands. For sure, yeah. Years. Like, like this would all be... Yeah, like you'd be in a full rebuild. Like you'd, you'd be like trade everyone right. off if, right. if it can and take. But, but you, know, every, you know, you look at Detroit. Detroit did that, right? They did the full teardown rebuild, and they got some great young players in Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond, and they're still going nowhere. They're still bad. They're not going to be great anytime soon, and they've been doing this for years. Yeah, I, Detroit's better this year. Like they're in a. I got. I think a year from now, like they're a different team too. Like, are, I, but are they going to be a seven seed? Maybe sure. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. I don't know. Like, that's not a team that's per- built for long-term, sustained championship success. I think they. I think they will be though. It's I think, really hard to do. I know. I'm just. I'm, I think it's it's the realistic process of like it you, takes that long. Like you it, need a Kane and Taves. You need a Stamkos Kucherov. You need these high-end, all-world guys, and then you need a Braden Point on top of it. You well, have it, so it, many it, good it, players. And the, the way a lot of the teams, the Blackhawks and Tampa, and all these teams have done it is they've drafted a lot and had depth. And the, right now, that's where the Blackhawks' deficit is. They have. They have no raw like organizational depth. But look like, at the teams. There's not a sod that backs up a when you trade a Brower. Right. There's not like it takes an unbelievable you know run of success of drafting to do that. Because you look at Buffalo, they've been rebuilding for 147 years and they're worse than ever. You look at Edmonton, they had how many number one overall draft picks? They have the two best players in the world and they're going nowhere. They're a middling team with nothing. It takes so much fortune. And uh, yes, scouting is part of it, but it's so much, it's such a crapshoot in the NHL draft yeah. that getting second and third round picks just does very little for me. If you have a player who that's is youngish I, I, and goodish, yeah. you keep him. The problem is Jake McCabe. The problem is Tyler Johnson. Why are these guys on this rostering? Is there anything you can do to get rid of them? Can you buy them out? Can you somehow trade them while eating salary? They're the ones that are in the way. Yeah. The, you got all these young defensemen that we keep talking about Galvis and Mitchell and uh, uh, Phillips. And uh, Regula and Vlasic, these guys should be playing, not Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe's a nice player. I liked him. I thought it was a great signing at the time when you were trying to win now. He has had a rough year. He's 29 years old, and he's got four years, three years of term left. He is in the way. That's the guy you can't rebuild with. The whole defense is where you have all these young guys coming, and there's nowhere to put them because everybody is old and has term. Yeah. That's the problem. The problem isn't Dylan Strom being in the top six. The problem is the defense right now. You just have veteran guys when you have all, all your exciting talent or hopeful talent is back there and they're the ones that are all blocked looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right 
You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I, I, I just, I think you need to stockpile picks. Like you need to, like you need to have many picks so that you can build up the depth. Sure, the, the more picks you have, the better chance you do have of getting Right, and that's how lucky. I just, I, I look that. at, I, yeah, I don't know, I guess, I guess I just look at the blueprint of how the Blackhawks. I think most people would agree with you here. I think, I think you're, you're in the mainstream here with the, this is going nowhere. It's been five miserable years. Yeah. Get rid of everything and start from scratch. I just, I've seen so many teams try to start from scratch and just continue to suck forever. You need stars. You need Patrick Kane. Yeah. Patrick Kane will still be very, very good in three years. You need him, and you need him productive. You need him happy. You need him wanting to be a part of this. And if you do to Dylan Strome what you did to Nick Schmaltz and what you did to Artemi Panarin, well, here's, eventually here's you're going to drive him away. Here's the question. What makes Patrick Kane happy? Because I, I think with Dylan Strome, they doesn't, they're not necessarily a better team like they're not going to win next season regardless i don't know no matter what happens well that's and i I think that's what i think i think i think i think at the end of the day kane's going to decide whether he wants to win or not because he can either he can play here and and you can play with stroman and and i think he likes playing with strom but if he has a chance to walk away and go play with uh barzell or someone like 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 and go and win like i think that's what makes him happy I, I I, i think that patrick kane wants to have a reason to stay yeah. He doesn't want to leave, but he doesn't want to be just jerked around either, right? I think the ideal situation here is you can somehow sign Strom, who does not want to do this. He finally wants some stability in his career. If you can sign him to a one-year deal, just sign him to his qualifying offer, basically. If you would accept $3.6 million, which is a lot of money, for one year, then he's not in anybody's way. Because you can ease Reichel in that way. You can ease Doc up the lineup that way. You can still have Taves there. And then the following year, you might not have Taves. And then maybe there's spots for other centers. Then you start thinking about it. the ideal situation is you can bring Strom back for a year. You have, you know, a productive guy there who can just play the role, keep Kane happy, and then you can evaluate, all right, was this a two-month fluke in January and February and March of, uh, of 2021 or 2022, what the hell year it is? Or is he the guy that's just going to be frustrating forever? You don't want to – I'm not saying you should sit here and sign Dylan Strom to a four-year contract. That's yeah. ridiculous. A one-year deal would be great. A two-year deal would be doable. And that way, he's not really blocking the way. He's he's a bridge to Lucas Reichel, who is 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I... I there's a few... I, I With Reichel, I, I just... I haven't seen many players come through other than Tara Vine and a few of these guys who are, that are at this level. Like, there's just... And, that's because that's, that's there's been nobody good in Rockford for, for years. years. Sure, so. no, for sure. <laughs> and then part of this is what Dylan Strom wants, you know? Like, at the end of the day, like, he may want stability, and he may... Yeah, if so someone what, offers him real money for real term, it, go it, get it, young man. Yeah, and so it's... Um, it's also interesting that Dylan Strom's been on the market for this long, and no one's... I, I don't think the price has been a second-round pick for this whole time, you know? Yeah, like right. That's a recent I, thing. I, I, I think... So I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how he's seen around the league, or um, 
I, I don't mean to harp on the Strom thing. It's just it, it, it's it's emblematic of the whole situation here, right? Is that's what we're focusing on? We're focusing on finding room for Lucas Reichel when well, the problem is on the defense. The problem is you have you have a win now defense for the next three years. Well, I the, can't win now. I, I, I on the other hand is the offense is. Up until the last three weeks, has been it was terrible too. Yeah, like the worst. No, it's bad all around. Don't get me wrong. It's bad all around. I don't know if the offense is like. But but the offense is fixable. The defense right now, you're stuck. I'm not sure the offense is fixable because the biggest, their biggest deficit is having. You have to fix the offense outside if you're trying to win sooner than later. Like, there's not any answer other than Reichel within the organization. That's true. And if Kubalik walks away, if you trade, or Kubalik walks away, and part of it's like, if you trade Strom, then you certainly have less offensive pieces, too, and there's nothing coming up in Rockford or anything, you know? Like, there's Colton Dock, who, you know, who's signed and has had a decent year, but I don't think guys that are immediately impacting this, like Reichel, potentially could. And so, I think that's, it's just that you don't have, like, you need to address it by either getting European free agents, or you need to go out and sign some players, um, and it's also, it's all about the definition of what a rebuild is and how Kyle Davidson envisions that. And I guess we'll, you know, like, I guess Monday we might have a better idea if someone says, yeah, we'll give you this for Strom or DeHaan or whomever, like we'll have a better idea of what a rebuild looks like. And cause even, I think that was Jonathan Taves. biggest thing was when, when he was asked, well, are you on board with the rebuild? And he goes, well, I don't know I, what that means. Yes. I, I think that's what like, and, well, I, I, and I, I think maybe it's part of things Stan Bowman definition of rebuild became so confusing <laughs> that no one understands what exactly that looks like and that's and that's and that's part of it too it's like it's how much do you like that was stan bowman's dilemma too is that you like you, you Kyle Avon says rebuild and through next two weeks like they're playing well they're scoring goals and then right. it's like it's like well, maybe, well I, don't, I don't think anyone's being fooled by this that all of a sudden this is like a no but, but 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 Dylan Strom looks like a different player again like sure. it's like there, there's definitely like if we had talked about in because even when Derek King took over it's like we're gonna give this kid a chance and then it's like, well, we're going to make him a healthy scratch because, you know, like Derek <laughs> King got upset with him. Cause, so I think at that point you said, all right, yeah, if you traded Dylan Strom, I think a lot more people have been on board with it. Yeah. And over the last month, people are like, well, maybe it makes sense to keep him. And, and I get that. Like, you, like ultimately, producing points in NHL, is, it's, it's difficult. And he the, does the, the problem I have is with this, this, there's just like this general knee-jerk reaction, burn it all down, right? Start from scratch. And that doesn't work for me because I, I, I think it was uh, Dom and I think it might have been Shayna. On the athletic today, I had a story about like how are how are previous champions built, and they all have the same thing: a true number one center, a true number one scorer type, a true number one defenseman, and a high end goalie. What do the Blackhawks have right now? They got a number one defenseman. Seth Jones is a number one defenseman. I can buy that, and they've got Patrick Kane. That's what they've got. Mm-hmm. So getting they've got two of the pieces that are the hardest pieces to get. So I don't think even if you're rebuilding, you have to rebuild around something, right? So you have to keep those pieces in place. So this idea of just burning it down and starting from scratch, that, that doesn't, that well, doesn't no, work. I, I don't, for, even when I talk about a full, full, like the Blackhawks didn't have a full rebuild, like even when they went through it. because you They were just, they just didn't spend money for years. Yeah, I mean, they were bad, but you had pieces like Sharp and Keith who were here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like you have valuable pieces that, like they had good players. They're good players on bad teams, and that's what someone said to me. It's like you have... You have good players on bad teams, and and that, yep. and then you build around them, and that you know Keith obviously became a huge piece, and Sharp was you know definitely a, a main piece too. But like you needed more than that, so like I, I think you start with Jones and Kane. It's like how do you get the rest in it, and it's it's also the timetable because it's yeah there's there's a shelf life to Kane, you know, and yep. and Jones, you know, like he enters his thirties, and you hope he doesn't fall off, you know. You know like, we, we did that. Who says now? And someone floated. Why the idea. says now? 
Why, why say not? <laughs> we had the, the one proposal from the Leafs fan. And it's funny because I was talking to James Myrtle last night and he was doing a who says no. And a Leafs fan pitched almost the same deal with almost the same people, but it was a different person for Patrick Kane. And, and the deal that was proposed to us was a first round pick, a third round pick, and the top three prospects in the Toronto system, all of whom appear to be high end talent. Yeah, I could get behind a trade like that. Toronto's not going to fucking make that trade. Yeah. So it's so difficult to get full value for Patrick Kane, right? Well, you told me I was, I, I didn't look in the comments a whole lot, but I guess I was getting killed for saying no. You were getting killed for the one that was, uh, I was, um, I was Alexis Lafreniere. In a first had, round. Yeah, for the record, Scott answered that one. <laughs> but to be fair, it was Rangers fans that were mad at me, and Alexis Lafreniere has done very little in the NHL to make you think he's going to be a. And, and it's, it's not a. That wouldn't be a high draft pick. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's that's a challenge. It's like what's how the do you get game? full value for Patrick Kane? But that that proposed ridiculous Leafs offer, that's the one you jump at. But nobody's going to offer you three high-end prospects and a first-round pick for a 33, 34-year-old Patrick Kane. That's the problem. Yeah. It's impossible to get full value for Patrick Kane. So you're going to get significantly worse, and you're going to get maybe like a number 27 pick, and you're never going to get the next Patrick Kane out of that. I would rather have seven more years of Patrick Kane. I do think he's going to play at least 40. You, I would rather have seven more years of Patrick Kane than the number 27 pick and some and two decent prospects. Patrick Kane is worth more than that. He's worth more than that on the ice. He's worth more than that at the box office. He's worth more than that in terms of merchandise and TV ratings. Well, this is why Kyle Davidson should sit down with Patrick Kane. And this is absolutely and like, he's got to. He, but I, I think to explain, he should be like, trying to get Patrick Kane on board with this. Right. That should be explaining his goal. why. It shouldn't be asking him if he wants to be a part of this. It should be convincing him to be a part yeah. of this. Or explaining why this is why we're doing what we're doing. Like this is why we're. We're going to keep portrayed Dylan Strom, and this is how we envision this playing out. This is where the timeline could be. This is how you play into And this that. is what Kane wants, right? He wants to be yeah. at least included in the conversation. Yeah, and I think, I think, yeah, I, I think from that point, I think you, because Kane's pretty reasonable about this stuff. Like, I think if, if, if Stan Bowman had sat down with him and be like, we're trading Panarin, and this is why, like, I think Kane would be like, yeah, I, yeah, that sucks, but I get it. Like, like this is to why. To this day, the Panarin trade still made perfect sense. I mean, you didn't have to do it, but the reasoning behind it was wrong in retrospect, but sound at the time. Like it, it was, it was a reasonable thing to do at the time that looked worse in retrospect. You were, he was not going to be on the Blackhawks two years later. Yeah, but the problem is, you just you negotiated like a really good contract. Yep. It was two years. Like I would have waited a year, and then you decide. Like it was, it was so reactionary. It was so yeah, the Nashville series. Yeah, it it was. I don't know. Just you just you finally got someone on a really good bridge deal. Mm -hmm. Like you had had so many contract issues, and you got. You got one of the league's best players at $6 million for two years. And if he had walked, I think you could have moved him at a deadline or done something. Yes. I, I think it was just, it was, Panarin wouldn't be on the team right now, but I don't think he had to be traded that soon. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I think sitting down with Kane, it, it, it probably alleviates some of the, yeah. the, the like, we, yeah, we, and uh, the fact that we make all these large discussions and, and we don't have all the information, you know, like that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> Talking out our ass is our job, Scott. <laughs> like that's. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how this plays out. Like, I'm, I'm, I, like, I, I think Stan Bowman set this up too, where it, it makes Kyle Davidson's job tougher because you, you know, like you've already come out and said that I'm not gonna waver on, you know, this being a rebuild. So, what, what does that mean? You well, know, well, like, that's exactly. Jonathan Taves has a point when he says, "I don't know what that means." Yeah, because we don't know what that means. Yeah, you know, the the difference between a re, quote unquote retool. That's what we keep hearing. About, so it needs to be a retool, not a rebuild. What does that mean? 
Well, like, what's, I, what's really the difference here? I think, I think come Monday, if Flurry, Strom, Kubalik, Dahan, and Carpenter are on here, like we have a better idea what the rebuild yes, looks like. You absolutely. Know? And and it's hard to trade all those players, but if 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 all those players are gone, Flurry's the big one, right? Because Flurry has no future here. Right, right. But so I'm you're just saying, like, nothing but I, or a first round. Pick I think Strom's the one where we figure out where. Yeah. And if, if and again, this is another team having to say yes, we want Strom. But if if someone accepts once Strom and Davidson accepts it, then then I think like we have another spirit of discussion about yeah. it. Yeah. It, it, well, again, like, like it, all of this, this whole discussion is it's almost all moot until we know what Kane and Taves want to do because it all comes down to them. Yeah. They well, but I think I think Kane and Taves will have a better indication of where the. Yeah, that's true. Franchises headed after Monday potentially, you know, like I, I, I think that's I, I think it, you know, like, and that's maybe that's where Davidson does sit down with me. Like, this is we're gonna we're trying to trade Strom or we're not trying to trade Strom, and this is why. And yeah, I think just having them into the picture because yeah, they they are like as much as you walk around the United Center, like it's still Kanan Taves and Hoses right. jerseys. Like, there's that not, stuff matters. I did. I, I saw a Hagel jersey the other day. Hagel and Debrink had sitting like people standing next. This to is time. what I really don't understand. Is, is is you have people like and again, this is, comes from the who says no piece in the comments and Twitter and all that. So <laughs> whenever you say that name, like I, I, I can I, never I, think of like the why he says no. <laughs> it just keeps coming back to me like oh trade Debrink and trade Hagel. Like, they want to trade everybody. They want a full teardown. And you're not going to trade Dabrinkit and get another Dabrinkit out of that deal. You're not going to trade Hagel and get someone with his value out of that deal. Trading everyone isn't the answer. No, you have to, you have to, you have to delineate which guys are the right ones for the future. Well, who's going to be here? Aren't. Who's going to be here on the other end? Who's going to be here three years from now? Yeah, and there's no reason Dabrinkit and Hagel can't be a big part of that. Future. For sure. Hey, so, like trading Hagel now, and then I wrote it in the column too. It's just. It's 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 lunacy. Like yeah. unless you're getting like four first rounders, like and I know it's like a stupid price, but right. the, what he what he's valued at and what he gives a team for two more seasons after this, like it's just it's it. it and he'll still have that value two years from now for if, sure. If, if yeah. He's going to be a free agent. And you know you can't afford him and or don't want him or whatever. Like it's just it's absolutely yeah. silly to talk about trading guys that are 25 and younger that are good. Yeah, and, and, they're, and yeah, they're under contract. A and, rebuild is about getting the team younger and better, right? Trading good young players does not make you younger and better. Yeah, no, you just you want you want to stockpile enough traffic, and eventually you need high, like again, it just it's a lot of this would be changing if you had a top ten pick. Like the the, the, the point of being bad is that you get rewarded, and the Blackhawks aren't going to get rewarded. Nope, not and and the lose Boquist and Sillinger, and and as good as Seth Jones is, he's he's worth some of that. He's not worth all of that, and right. that's always going to be unfair to Seth Jones. But yeah, it's not Seth Jones' fault that Stan Bowman overpaid for him. Yeah, for sure, and that's yeah, it's. Columbus will certainly probably they're happy about probably it. be good in a couple of years because of it. So as long as they can until those guys, until those guys want to leave for other cities. Yeah. I think Hedger drives a lot of them away personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably post this podcast before everything Everyone changes. Gets they turn it yeah. on this afternoon. So um, until next time, uh, I'm Mark Lazarus, and that's Scott Bowers. Bye. Won't you let me try?